I thought the message today was going to be called The Power of, of Prayer. And when I looked at the scriptures and began to study them, obviously we know that there are all kinds of prayer. There's individual prayer between you and the Lord. There's corporate prayer where whole groups come together and pray for certain things. There's prayer for healing. There's prayer for deliverance. There's intercessions. We have an intercession group prayer on a Wednesday night at our place where some intercessors come together and pray for this region, for this church, etc. So different kind of prayers. And I thought I was going to be speaking on individual prayer, but as I began to go through the scriptures, I saw a completely different pattern emerging for what the Lord wants to say today to, to our, our church. And I think that next month, God willing, I'll uh, be wanting to talk about individual prayer. Um, but today, I'm going to talk about corporate prayer. Now, the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus, how do we pray? I mean, he must know. He's God, for heaven's sake. And Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven. What does that tell us? We don't pray to Jesus. We don't pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father. In Jesus' name. We might cast out demons in Jesus' name and heal the sick in Jesus' name because the name of Jesus is all powerful. But Jesus himself said, this is how you pray. Pray to the Father. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now when you think about that and you're praying for certain circumstances or for people, just recently Jan and I have been led to pray for a certain person. We weren't praying for them to be healed anymore or for this, that or the other. We, we felt the Lord saying, pray that what I want will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. That means we have a right, because of what Jesus said, to go to the Father for help when we need food, when we need provision. We can trust him if we go to him. And forgive us our debts, which means sins or transgressions, as we forgive our debtors, those who have sinned against us. That's an interesting phrase, as we forgive. So Lord, forgive us as we forgive. Think about that. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil of one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. As I began to track through the scriptures, finding out what the Lord wanted me to to say, if you, if you Google prayer or prayers or what have you, there are thousands of scriptures. You'd, you'd be here for ten, for, for 10 years really expounding on prayer. So I always ask the Lord, Lord, you bring out to me what you want said. And I saw a pattern begin to develop, and so that's why I'm going to share it on corporate prayer. In Second Samuel 24, 25, David, who was an 
an incredible prayer. And he, he built the, as he's building an altar to the Lord, there was a plague sweeping through Israel because of sin that David had committed. I think it was he had called for a census and uh, God said that, no, he didn't want that done. And I think that was the situation, I don't remember. Um, but a plague was sweeping through and people were dying in, across the villages. And David went to a certain place and built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the, and this is an interesting point. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. So the Lord hears us when we're praying for situations. Solomon, if you remember, built that famous tem temple, the most glorious temple that's ever been built, I understand. And, and he said this to the Lord when he'd finished it. 1 Kings 8.28 Yet regard the prayer of your servant and his supplication, O Lord, and listen to the cry and the prayer which your servant is praying before you today, that your eyes may be opened towards this temple night and day, towards the place of which you said my name shall be there, that you may enter the prayer which your servant makes towards this place. And so it was, when Solomon had finished, in 1 Kings 8.54, had finished praying all this prayer and supplication to the Lord, that he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread out up to heaven. Have you ever done that? Laying down in your bedroom or laying down in the lounge with your hands spread before the Lord, seeking him. It can be quite an experience to do that. And the Lord said to him, I've heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. The Lord heard those kinds of prayers where he is crying and, and, and reaching out to the Lord pleading for the Lord to do something, the Lord hears those kinds of prayers. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. This of course was the Old Testament and so God's presence came and dwelled in the temple. We now are the temple of God and God now comes and dwells in us and he promises to dwell, to, to dwell in us. In Ezra 8.21.23, we see another kind of prayer. It's a fasting and prayer for protection. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. Isn't that beautiful? He sought the Lord to seek the right way for them to go for their little ones and all their possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying that the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So because he had told that to the king, he said, so we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. So they had a safe journey because they went to the Lord for help. In Psalm 57, 1, and David, boy, was he a prayer. If you want to know how to pray, read the Psalms. It'll give you lots and lots and lots of examples. 
In Psalm 57, 1, is, a, is his prayer for safety from enemies. David, when he fled from Saul into the cave, he said, he prayed, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. Some of us have experienced terrible calamities in our lives, and some of you will still be going through them. What we can do is go to the Lord and ask him to be with us through that calamity. Throughout the Psalms, David prayed for many things. Let's look at what he prayed for. He prayed that the Lord will restore favor to the land. He prayed prayers for mercy on himself and on his people. He prayed for, for help and despondency. Ever feel de depressed and really down? And it could be a genuine thing that's uh, dropping your spirit. But we can go to the Lord for help independency and trust him. He prayed prayer of the afflicted when he, when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint before the Lord. He prayed prayer for relief from contempt, prayer for deliverance from evil men, prayer for safekeeping from wickedness, a plea for relief from persecutors, an earnest appeal for guidance and deliverance, prayer in time of chastening, Sometimes the Lord chastens us. He's wanting our attention. And we can say, Lord, open my eyes. What are you saying? Prayer for wisdom and forgiveness. We've got to pray that a lot. Wisdom. Prayer to God in time of trouble. A prayer of repentance. Urgent prayer for the restored favor of God. Assurance of God's eternal protection prayer for Israel's restoration. So David was a prayer. He learned how to really wrestle and pray with the Lord to see breakthrough. And we can learn from, the, from David. Then we come to something very special. And this is, you'll see this in Daniel 9. The, the Jews had been captured. They, were, they had been carted off to Babylon. He'd been Daniel had been going through the records and he, and he saw that God was, had said he was going to rescue them in, in, in 70 years. And so he felt because the timing was now that he wanted to talk to the Lord. So he said, I set my face towards the Lord God to make requests. What is that? set my face towards the Lord God to make requests, and again, by prayer and supplications, with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. You know, we don't come to the Lord arrogantly and say, Lord, I want this, and I want that, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a son of the king, and so therefore you should do this or you should do that. No, no, no. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. When things are urgent and desperate, we need to go to him with fasting and humble ourselves. He says, and I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession 
And this is the key. And said, Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Daniel was actually a righteous man. He wasn't praying for his own sin. But he did take it on himself and said, we, the people of Israel, have sinned. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins, corporate, because of our sins, and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and a supplication. For the Lord's sake, your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Now while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, that's the angel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand at the beginning of your supplications. As soon as we choose to go before Lord, the Lord and seek him, the Lord's listening. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, considering the matter and understanding the vision. That angel gave Daniel the vision, which was actually future. It was when Jesus was going to come back. In in Daniel 10, we read another vision he had. It's called the vision of the glorious man. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three, four weeks. So obviously he was desperate before the Lord, praying, humbling himself. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in colour, and the sounds of his word like the voice of a multitude. Suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. He said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. So I believe that even making the the decision to start a corporate prayer meeting on Wednesday, because we've made that decision, 
I believe the Lord is ready, listening. Because he wants us to come, come to him in corporate prayer. The angel then said, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, chief angels, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So Daniel seeks the Lord for his people. He fasts and he prays. And then when the angel comes, the angel said he's been doing warfare up in the heavenlies with a demonic principality, a demonic power which is over that whole region. So be aware, people, that when we come and pray, we are praying for a purpose. We are praying for God to deal with the things in the heavenlies for us because we can't deal with them. Tarfred Littlejohn came to Pacific Pearls at Naomai on Saturday the 16th of June. For those of you that weren't able to come, you did miss out on a very dramatic and historic event, I believe. Um, he spoke on how to dethrone territorial spirits through the word of God. And that's what that angel had been dealing with. And because of the, the, the amount of repentance that was out at the Naomi Pearls between Maori and Pakeha, and Maori and Maori, and worship to the Lord, I believe something was actually broken over the heavenlies. Again, it came in through repentance and humility. We felt during that whole week, even though it was a week of horrific rain, that there was a, something had lifted over the whole area. And um, that was confirmed when we got a, um, an email from a, a Maori lady that had come from another town and had visited, visited us and, and, and said, this is what the Lord showed me. As the Maori people of Ruwai and all gathered in one accord at Pacific Pearls, I had a view of the land from an alt altitude height. I saw the mountains and the land. The land was a power colour, navy blue, blue jade, purple, green, and running through this was mist in the atmosphere. Some areas, more of a fog restricting visibility of some areas of the land, I knew that I was looking over Ruwai. And this lady doesn't come from Ruwai, but this is the vision the Lord gave her a week or so ago. As I heard the prayers of the people and the crying wail and asking for forgiveness, that's what happened out there at Naomi on the Saturday, I saw a white cloud that formed into a light from the sky, and then that light turned into a waterfall. I clearly saw in front of me a waterfall from the sky, heaven. Then I saw three waterfalls, one in front of me on the left and the right. Waterfalls were now pouring down from heaven. Then I saw the mist and fog disappear and the clouds become clear. The atmosphere became crisp and sweet. I heard the sound of people released out over Ruawai, and then the dampness and water over the land became dry, and the grass became sparkling green, and the wind blew over the land of Ruawai. It is broken. It has been released. Thank you, Jesus. God bless all of you at Ruawai. 
I'm excited for your community and those around, but more so the rising of the people and the land. Yes, I believe something um, dramatic happened, and it came because of, of, of prayer. And we can rejoice because I believe the Lord is starting to do something tremendous here. When Tafri was speaking, he mentioned Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. And because we're going into corporate prayer on Wednesday, we need to know what it is we're dealing with. Ephesians 6, 10 to 11 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling with the crime in the real Y area. We're not wrestling with people even within our family that are fighting us. We wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now notice it says heavenly places. We're not talking about demons down here on earth, which God has given us the authority to bind and break their power and hold and cast them out. We're talking about demonic principalities and powers in the heavenlies, which are over areas. And how do we deal with, how do we handle them? Well, we've got to realise that these things, these things exist. And you'll see, notice in 2 Corinthians 12, 2, Paul said, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know, whether out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. So if Paul was caught up in a vision to the third heaven, that must mean that there's a second heaven and a first heaven. If you look at Genesis 1.1, you'll see that it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens, plural. So right in the beginning, we were told that there are heavens, plural. And I believe that God dwells in the third heaven, that the demonic entities that were cast out, the principalities and the powers and authorities are in the second heaven, and we dwell in the first heaven, the heavens above us. When I first came to Ruwai, I asked the Lord why he had brought me here. Now that's a typical statement from an Aucklander. I was down by the um, shops there, on a Friday night at five o'clock and I looked up the street and there wasn't one car on the street and there wasn't one person. And I thought to myself and I said to the Lord, Lord, why did you bring me here to rule why? And the Lord said, to intercede against the strong men over this area for which there are many. Oh, thank you, Lord. What a great task that is. Didn't want to hear that particularly. And there are strong men over this area and over many areas. There's addiction, there's alcoholism, there's fornication and adultery. Uh, Bill Sobriskie said many years ago that he saw that there's a spirit of ullage over the area. That's a spirit that robs people of the anointing and revival. Tafri shared that the Lord had shown him that there was a spirit of poverty over Northland. 
the whole of Northland. Not just lack of finance. It, the emphasis is on the word lack. There has been an, a lack in all areas of our lives, including health, finance and marriage. The Lord also showed him, and this was in, in prayer and inter intercession, that there was a spirit of witchcraft over this area, of manipulation, control, idol worship and deception. It affects our minds, causes confusion, division. It is connected to pride. Sorcery, divination, the occult. Now, Tafri wisely pointed out that the battle is the Lord's. We don't remove territorial spirits. As we learn from Daniel, repentance and humility are the keys to removing the influence of the territorial spirits over this region. Daniel said, we, plural, have sinned against you, Lord. Tafri also shared that he'd done a lot of research about the Kuiper district and he discovered that there were curses over the Kuiper from the Tohungas in the past. One of the Tohungas came down with Honiheki and did certain acts and certain chants and created a chant which was Kuiper, Kuiper will die, they chanted. Honiheki wanted to wipe out Natifatawa. Uh, Why? Well, there's no curse without a cause. Tafri discovered that previously Natifatawa in the 1700s had cursed Napui out of Potu. They set up a, a furry and other things. And there were curses over the land. And those that have been here for a long time will know that, looking out over the whole of the Kaipa area. You will see poverty. You will see all sorts of things over this area. So he said, Lord, what do you, from what I have learned, what would you have me to do? And the Lord told him to go up to your mountain with representatives of both tribes and do the strategy. Say the Lord's Prayer seven times, repent for the sins of the people of this area, and a whole lot of other stuff. Now you understand that this was a word for Tuffery, for him to do for the Kaiwaka area. Not a word for us that we've heard particularly, but it was something that he was told to do. And what was the fruit of it? You often hear people going up the mountains and praying and blowing shofars, and I always wondered, well, what's the point of all that? Well, this is what happened. The fruit of their obedience in Kaiwaka was that almost immediately, within a week or two weeks, there were many families suddenly asking for help and drug dealers wanting to be set free. And Kaiwaka Revival Church has since seen a tremendous number of people saved, healed and delivered and then God started moving through the businesses. Recently things slowed down up there and when they sought the Lord, the Lord said, get back to prayer. And so now they've been having all night prayer meetings, just 10 or 20 people meeting and just praying through the night, seeking the Lord again. And they are now expectant to see the, the Lord move Sovereignly again. There's a picture of people with their hands raised. Tafri had a word of challenge for us at Pearls, and I believe it's also for Real Way Community Church here in Real Way. And this is the challenge that he gave Step into that place of mercy 
and humility. Pray for your families and the community. Seek the Lord to deal with the powers and the principalities or demonic authorities over our areas. We cannot bind them. They are not demons who dwell on earth, which we can bind and cast out of people. They rule in the heavenlies, and we give them power when we come into agreement with them through sin in our hearts. Do you understand that? For example, if you don't deal with bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart, somebody's hurt you, someone has slandered you, and you've become quite bitter and angry about it, well, you will attract a demon who will invade your mind or body. But you can also attract a demonic ruler in the heavenlies who will rob, steal, and destroy your family generationally because you are in agreement with it. So I exhort all of us this morning to think about what you've just heard, study the scriptures for yourself, and then come on Wednesday night when the church is, is, has, has been invited to pray together, come in a spirit of repentance, humility, and mercy. Let us seek the Lord for his mercy for this district, that we go out, then go out, and share the gospel of the good news that Jesus Christ can set the captive free, heal and deliver, and change lives forever. I believe that prayer is the key to seeing breakthrough in our whānau, our wider family, this community. Prayer plus sharing God's love and mercy to this troubled world. We need to share God's love and mercy. You know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They had to pray and plead and, and supplicate, uh, uh, pray for things to happen. We, since the cross and since the fullness of the Holy Spirit has come, we can actually go boldly into the throne. That's not arrogance. It's boldly. It means that we can go to the Lord. But how do we go to the Lord for our petitions and our requests? We go to him with a repentant heart. Lord, would you forgive the sins of the people in Ruawai? Lord, we ask your forgiveness. And we ask for your mercy and your love to come upon this community and touch every member of the community. So we are interceding and seeking the Lord to move. And I believe that as we sincerely do that, he will hear our prayers, he will come, and he will heal this community. Thank you. God bless.